Welcome to another episode of Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer. And this week, I'm joined by Kent Dopel. He's the founder of WestCoastCFB.com to discuss the potential impact of conference realignment on both the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. With Texas and Oklahoma departing the Big 12 for the SEC, we discuss what impact that could have on the Pac-12 and Mountain West, specifically programs like San Diego State and Boise State. We'll also break down the biggest non-conference games this season involving West Coast teams and try to answer the question of whether or not a Pac-12 team will reach the college football playoff this year. But as always, before we get started with today's episode, please give us an auto-download on your podcast platform. That means you'll get future episodes automatically. Left Coast Sports is on most podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, the free iHeartRadio app. You can listen on YouTube, in fact. It's also on Spotify. Please give us a review as well. And while you're here and listening, you can switch over to Twitter and follow me there. My handle at John Schaefer, that's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R at John Schaefer. Let's get right to it. Today's episode with Kent Dopel, the founder of WestCoastCFB.com. What impact will conference realignment have on West Coast football? Here's my conversation with Ken. Ken, based on everything we're hearing about the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the possibility of a scheduling alliance or even a merger of the leagues, do you find that to be either realistic or even in the best interest of the Pac-12? That's a great question. So I don't really feel like it's in the best interest of the Pac-12 to uh, merge with the Big 12. I think that the Big 12 brands that are left uh, don't do enough to move the needle nationally to add enough value. I think a scheduling alliance... Could it be interesting to some capacity? Uh, but again, those names aren't that big. You know, I don't know if, you know, in a Washington versus Iowa State game, you know, really moves the needle the way it would if they had Texas and Oklahoma. Um, so I think that the Pac-12's best interest would be trying to find a scheduling alliance with the Big Ten. Uh, I think the Big Ten has a lot of big brands and a lot of tradition with the Pac-12 and would be a lot more appealing to the national audience as well as regional audiences as well. With the Pac-12 already playing nine conference games and the Big 12 does the same, does the Pac-12 even need a scheduling alliance when you consider the fact that they're only playing three non-conference games per year? Yeah, that's a really good point, too, is, you know, I I don't know if the Pac-12 really needs a scheduling alliance. You know, a lot of these Pac-12 programs already have a lot of big games built in, and the big programs like USC, Oregon, UCLA, Washington, they're already attracting big-time non-conference opponents to, you know, fill one to two games each year. Um, you know, Oregon has Ohio State this year, Washington has Michigan. So, you know, USC's already got Notre Dame every year, and they'll also find big-time opponents to fill the schedule. So, again, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's, it's too much of a need for the Pac-12. It seems like it would really help the Big 12 out, but not so much the Pac-12. Do you feel as if Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC is the first of many dominoes to fall in conference realignment? Uh, I think that it is going to be a lot of movement going on. I think that we're kind of in a waiting period here, figuring out what the Big 12 is going to, you know, what's going to happen to the Big 12, because right now there are eight teams. That's not sustainable. Um, I think that the AAC is going to look to poach those Big 12 teams. Big 12 teams are going to try to poach the AAC and the Mountain West teams. So it's kind of just, you know, who kind of wins out in those initial push-pull setups. So I think it's possible the Big 12 could just kind of collapse and have their teams go between the AAC and the Mountain West. Um, Maybe if you even go to another P5 conference like the Pac-12 or Big 10. Um, But uh, I do think there's going to be a lot of movement going on in, you know, it may not be this offseason, but at least in the next 
couple of seasons. Does it make sense to you, or is now the time to potentially consider some type of East-West conference, which I think the WAC tried, and that kind of dissolved based on travel, but are we in a spot where you have the eight remaining Big 12 teams, you have some schools out West, you know, the BYUs, the Boise States, the San Diego States, you have schools out East like the UCFs and the Cincinnati's. Is there a league where you could put 16 teams together using the base of the Big 12, those eight remaining teams? Yeah, that would actually be, you know, a smart move for either the Mountain West or the AAC to pick up those Big 12 teams and really bolster their league, um, you know, or even have some sort of Mountain West AAC combination uh, with a few Big 12 teams mixed in. This is with the premier programs in each league, and all of a sudden you have a very quality league that is on the same level as, say, a Pac-12. Um, so I think there are a lot of strengths to doing something like that. I think the Mountain West is going to be very interested in trying to bolster their league as well by adding two teams. So I think there's going to be a lot of movement and discussions going on uh, behind closed doors. Do you think there's a compelling argument to be made to add schools to the to the Pac-12, or would adding help in any way considering you're just splitting the TV money in, uh, in more shares? Yeah, I think that the, essentially there's not enough big brands available to the Pac-12, both in the Mountain West and in the Big 12, that adding those teams can really uh, increase the TV revenue coming in. I think that you're more so just would be splitting revenue and almost you know, diluting the league as it is. The Pac-12 is already a deep league. Um, I think the problem with the Pac-12 is it doesn't have like, the enough teams at the top. So that's when you know adding a Texas-Oklahoma would be big for the Pac-12 um, if they could have done that. But you know, I don't think that adding... Um, at this point, adding a team like, you know, West Virginia, Iowa State is going to be enough to move the needle and increase that TV revenue to, to be worth it. What's the argument against adding a school like Boise State? To the Pac-12? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, if the Pac-12 was going to expand, I actually think their attention would want to be on teams like San Diego State and UNLV that are in really big markets. Um, both have great stadiums. San Diego State is being built right now, and UNLV is playing in the Raider Stadium. Um, so I think that those are a lot more compelling because of the potential for growth. You know, you give them the Pac-12 brand, those places could recruit very well and potentially become powers down the road. Um, I think that Boise State, being in Boise, is a very limited TV market. Um, it's a limited recruiting pool, too. It doesn't really add to the Pac-12 you know, recruiting ability in any way. Uh, so I don't think the Pac-12 would have too much interest in, in Boise State. Um, I think Boise State would be appealing to a conference like the AAC, but I don't think the Pac-12 would be interested in, the, in uh, Boise State. And then does basketball play any role in this? You mentioned San Diego State. First of all, they've had a lot of on-field success in football. They've had tons of success against the Pac-12. You talked about the new stadium that's uh, coming to San Diego as well. And then you look at a program like San Diego State's men's basketball program. It's been among the best in the nation the last 20 years. But, but typically basketball isn't playing a role in these decisions. Is, is that accurate to say? Yeah, I think it's very secondary. I mean, I think it's definitely you know a plus to having a basketball program, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it – is nearly as important as having a good football program. But, you know, in San Diego State's benefits, they have a good football program that's won a lot of games against the Pac-12 the past few years. And they also have a really good basketball program. So, and then the great city and, you know, being having a new stadium being built. I mean, I think San Diego State is attractive to, uh, you know, potentially the Big 12, 
Pac-12 or even the AAC in some capacity. They're definitely, you know, they're probably the most intriguing team of any in the in the uh, Mountain West. Yeah, I want to stay in that conversation for a moment, um, talking about San Diego State, because not only do they have all the things you just mentioned, they also, I think, benefit from not having an NFL team in San Diego. I mean, obviously the Chargers were here for 50 years. They leave for Los Angeles. You're now looking at the largest American city without an NFL team, therefore drawing more attention towards San Diego State's football program. Do you feel as if that could be advantageous, losing an NFL team to their college prospects here? I think so. I mean, I think that if, you know, especially if San Diego State was to, you know, begin to join a bigger conference and have big-time opponents come play in San Diego, fans are going to turn out. Um, I mean, this year they're hosting Utah on September 18th yep. in San Diego, and I think that's going to be a draw as well. So I think that it's definitely a plus. You know, that's going to be kind of the hometown team now for football. And I think there's going to you know, going to definitely increase attendance once that new stadium is built too and just interest in general. Switching gears to on-field and looking at the Pac-12, and there's always a good slate of non-conference games like you talked about because of Notre Dame. Uh, what is the non-conference game involving a Pac-12 team, or maybe there's two games that you're most looking forward to this year? Yeah, I would say that the one I'm most excited for is Oregon-Ohio State, you know, the premier team in Pac-12 this coming season uh, in the past couple of years, and then also Ohio State obviously has just been a perennial power and played in the national title last year. So I think that one is my the one I'm looking most forward to. Um, and then I would say secondarily, it might be the you know USC Notre Dame game game, just a classic rivalry. And Notre Dame should be a top ten team again. USC has potential to be a top ten team, so that should really you know help determine you know how the Pac-12 is perceived as a conference and also USC's potential playoff chances. So I think that's going to have a lot of implications on in the, on that game. Ken, I feel like it's always an important year for Clay Helton, but really what is on the line? I mean, is it Pac-12 title or bust? Is it Pac-12 title game or bust? What does he need to accomplish? Yeah, he's really been just kind of holding on, and it feels like every year he's on the hot seat, and we expect him to not survive the year, but he just keeps you know doing just enough to get by. Um, with what they have coming back this year, I think that people are going to expect a 10-win season. I think he doesn't need to win the Pac-12, but if he wins 10 games, I think he'll be safe um, based on what they've shown in their administration the past few years in, in regards to keeping him. So I would just say if he can pull off a 10-2 and two regular season, even if it didn't involve winning the Pac-12 title, I think he's safe. Um, but anything less than that, you know, he's going to need to win the Pac-12 title to survive. And, you know, I don't think 9-3 nine, nine is not going to be good enough this year. Across town, what does Chip Kelly need to do in Westwood, and what are the expectations this year? Yeah, Chip Kelly, uh, you know, when he was hired at UCLA, I think that most people thought that was a home run hire, and you know, tons of teams wanted him. Florida wanted him really badly, and he's really struggled to some capacity there. But last year, they showed you know signs of getting back to at least having a dominant offense, uh, which you expect from Chip Kelly, but. Um, I think that if he can continue an upward trajectory, he'll be safe. So, you know, reaching a bowl, uh, maybe a seven and five season, maybe even six and six could potentially save his job. I think that five and seven might be uh, where UCLA draws a line and sizes in a different direction. 
If Oregon is the Pac-12 favorite, and maybe it's USC, but if it's Oregon, if they don't beat the Buckeyes, is there still a path to the college football playoff considering the recent history of the Pac-12 and really just the narrative of West Coast football over the last half decade or more? Yeah, that game's going to be really big for Pac-12 perception. I think it comes down to how Oregon plays that game. If they win a, if they lose a close one, um, I think that there's a chance of Oregon you know, then runs the table that they can make the playoffs. But if they are to play Ohio State and lose, you know, 40-7, to 7, I think that's going to put a really, you know, put the Pac-12 in a really tough spot and really hurt the perception of the league again where people are going to think that, you know, there's no point in putting the Pac-12 in the playoffs if they can't compete the best of the best. Are you a proponent of the expanded college football playoff? And because I would think it has a it has a huge impact potentially on not just Pac-12 football but Mountain West football moving forward as well. Yeah, I think they need to expand it. Um, the current format with four teams has just kind of really, I think, isolated the college football world into just a few programs. If they expand it to 12, I think that really helps keep fans engaged throughout the season and makes winning your league you know, that much more important with that, you know, carrot dangling in front of you knowing you can make the playoffs. So I think that for, you know, fans continue being interested in really caring about the, you know, college football as a whole, that expansion is important for that. Before I let you go, I want to get your thoughts on the Mountain West, which was a really interesting league a year ago. I mean, San Jose State had been a doormat. They had that remarkable, magical run. They beat Boise State in the Mountain West title game. How do you see the league this year? I mean, Boise's always a favorite. Um, San Jose State and Nevada are both supposed to have good years. San Diego State's defense has been among the better defenses in America the last couple of years. Uh, how do you think the Mountain West race shakes out? Yeah, as you mentioned, I think that Boise State, Nevada, and San Jose State are the three teams that are really the real competitors for the title there. Um, you know, Boise State's going to be breaking in a new head coach, so that'll be interesting to monitor. And Nevada has the best quarterback in the league and just a great offense and had a great season last year. I actually think that Nevada is going to be the team that wins the Mountain West. I think they'll beat Boise State in the Mountain West title. Um, but San Jose State is going to be another one that's interesting to follow because they were the team that won the you know conference last year. So definitely keep an eye on them. And um, there's a few dark horses like San Diego State and Fresno State as well that have some talent um, that could make a run. But I'll give the nod to Nevada at this point with Boise State being the next best. We talked about the narrative that's set because of Ohio State, Oregon. Do you feel as if it's an important narrative game that Boise State UCF opener that the winner of that might have a leg up in terms of what league has a chance to get a New Year's Six bowl bid this year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, if, if Boise State, you know, loses that game and they don't have a great season, then that could, um, you know, play a role in, in how the Mountain West is perceived since Boise State is considered the biggest brand in the Mountain West. Um, but I think that the Mountain West could have a chance with Nevada uh, having Carson Strong at quarterback. He has a lot of national attention since he's a projected first-round pick that people you know, may be intrigued in, in seeing how he can do. And um, if they can beat Boise State also, then they probably have a chance at it still. So I think it's important but not as important as the Oregon-Ohio State matchup. All right, final question for you, Ken. If you had a crystal ball, will the Pac-12 send a team to the college football playoff in 2021 or not? Uh, sadly, I'm going to say no. Um, I, I just have a hard time seeing Oregon beating Ohio State, and I think that it's very tough to survive the Pac-12 uh, slate 
undefeated anyways as it is. So I think they're probably going to go 10-2. and two. Um, You know, I could see some other Pac-12 teams going 9-3, and 10-2 also, like Washington, USC. But uh, I don't think there's quite enough there on the Oregon roster to take down Ohio State. So I'll say they do not make it. Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> but yeah, but, I'm wrong as well. Um, but we're excited to have football back less than a month away. We appreciate you doing this, and uh, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. If you're a fan of West Coast College football, then westcoastcfb.com is an invaluable resource. Make sure to check out the site and give them a follow on Twitter as well, at westcoastcfb. That's at westcoastcfb. CFB. They've got a new article up right now, in fact, ranking Mountain West football coaches heading into 2021. It's a one-stop shop for Pac-12 and Mountain West football fans. Also, this reminder, don't miss the best high school football games from the past season with Classic Game Time Fridays on your view. That's Classic Game Time this summer only on your view. If you haven't already, please subscribe and auto-download future episodes on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this podcast on right now. Please leave a review as well. And once again, please follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R at John Schaefer. For previous episodes or more information about Left Coast Sports, you can visit yourview.com. That's Y-U-R-V-I-E-W.com. Thanks for listening as always this week, and we'll catch up again next week right here on Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer.